All right, welcome to the debrief of week five of season four. That's an awful lot of things. Like week five, season four, blah, blah, blah. That's a lot of stuff. Of the Disciple Maker versus Disciples Made podcast. Y'all are supposed to talk. Did you guys oh, catch that? I out? thought, I'm just confused. Yeah. <laughs> well, I looked at you. I know, but I was like, I don't know if I have permission <laughs> or if I need to be commissioned. Yeah, we've got a lot of shenanigans. He almost said Disciple Maker Red Pathway. Disciple Maker Pathway. We've been working a lot he on did. that thing. I know. For a while now. Hey, this is Brian Phipps, and I'm welcoming two different guys in uh, this week to help us debrief week five of this series we've been in, which is all about the trends that we want to see grow in disciple-making conversations around uh, the world. And these two guys, one you've heard of before, his name is Mitch Rice. Uh, he came on the podcast back in the bonus episodes a long time ago, talking about trying to break down the walls between uh, church leader types and marketplace types. And it was a great conversation. I think you had just started to come on staff uh, at Disciples Made. So now we've been doing this for more than a year. So it's awesome to have your voice in here. Introduce our other guy that's in here. You like him more than I do. Yeah, this other guy. He's uh, he's awesome too. Um, <laughs> he joined us really over the course of the last winter season. His name's Josh Winkler. Um, he came last summer, but even before this oh, yeah, winter. That's right. right. He came and he told me he was going to come by the offices and visit. And he told me when he would be here, and I think I just said okay. That was pretty much it, yeah. Should we tell the story about how we met in a smoky room in a <laughs> cabin in the woods that, that overlooks the Missouri River? Um, and before you go uh, off on a, a weird place here, I invite people into Disciples Made groups with a very cool spirit-led uh, process, and I felt prompted. First time I ever met Josh, I was in an event uh, with a bunch of guys, and it was a smoky room. <laughs> there was locally produced maple syrup. Yeah. It was in a, the cabin they called the Sugar Shack. It was that. And I think there was awful, awful, I think there was also waffles there. There were waffles. It was a good time. It's a good time. And I did invite Josh into the Leaders Made I was doing. This was way back in 2000. And 14, he would have actually been in the same leaders made as Mitch had he said yes, but he did not. Uh, but he did come around a number of years later in a hot pursuit of Jesus and mission, disciple making and all that. And that's the reason you asked for time to hang out. Yeah. And uh, it was a click there. And he basically said, I've got an off season with my business for a couple of months and I want to come help. And so he's actually been uh, a tremendous help. And now he's here uh, today. And these two guys are going to join me uh, in this podcast. So the trend, again, we've been talking um, the last five weeks, uh, the last five episodes of this thing about the, the six trends we want to see uh, happen over the next couple of years uh, in disciple making. And um, Every time we did one of those, we did it with a great panel. Uh, this time we had Kevin Harris on there and Carrie Latticer, who've been there regularly. But we had two special guests this time. J.D. Greer, uh, the former president of Southern Baptist Convention and pastor of the Summit Church in, in Raleigh was here. And then Dan Sutherland, who's been a friend of mine. We're just these outstanding people. And it was a great, great conversation in the last podcast. Uh, but we committed 
to do a debrief afterwards because we don't want these things to just be stuff we hear. We want to hear and then ask, you know, based on what we heard, what kind of modifications do we need to make about how we do things here at Disciples Made in order to help facilitate these trends? And we've invited everybody uh, to do that. So we haven't talked about what our answers are going to be. We're just showing up here live and having the conversation. So if you didn't get Josh's last name. It is Josh Winkler. Josh Winkler. And what do you do for a living? Like I what's have your a small landscape business on the Missouri side, a little bit north of the airport, and been doing it ever since I was a kid. Hmm. So that's all I've ever known. I love it. Okay. So we've all listened to the podcast. I've taken some notes. Uh, the two questions we want to ask, guys, are what challenged you the most and what changes do we need to make in our approach uh, here at Disciples Made based upon what we heard. So which one of those questions you want to grab and what's your answer? Who's first? So what challenged me the most? Um, I think there are a couple things. The first one is, so I'll just, I'll be honest, I'm a pretty introverted person. Um, and either because of how strategic I am or because of the fact that I just don't have any friends, <laughs> I'm not really a participator in the thing known as social media. Um, and that's actually been a huge blessing in my life uh, because the friendships I do have are, are ones that are that are face-to-face and in person. And it was really eye-opening to me, an eye-opening reminder of how easy it is for us as humans to start to separate over principles and over ideology. And the more we do that, the less we see the person and the individual um, on the other side. So that was something that just made me, it made me sad. I mean, I get that's, that's human, um, that's the way humans work, that's the way I work, that's the way everybody works. Uh, the thing that I think I need to do personally is just remember the the individual um, and then remember the like the individual love of Jesus um, and then so as like as I practice what I do at Disciples Made one of the things that's dangerous and maybe this transitions into um, the second question actually I'm gonna pause on that I'm okay. gonna let that marinate and see what Josh says. Responses to yeah. him, or are you going in a different direction? Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in. I think what came to my mind, it piggybacks off what you said, where what challenged me the most was having to actually acknowledge and accept the things that in my personal life um, where I find division, it would be secondary things or tertiary things. or Basically, it's, it's things that are lesser importance. Hmm. And so... When I think of Genesis and how we're made in the image of God, and and He made us male and female, there was diversity in being male and female, and that was good. But we had unity in Him, in His identity, hmm. which is where we find our identity. So, having to admit and confess that the things that I get hung up on are further down the line, um, that hmm. was challenging. And there's a lot of those things that I can get hung up on. Yeah. I loved one of the things. I can't remember if it was Dan or if it was JD. It might have been Dan said diversity does not mean division. It, first of all, I mean, just challenging. Okay. I, that's helpful for me. 
those words sound a lot alike. Uh, and diversity is starting to almost feel like division necessarily uh, because the fact that those things that are on the outer rims of the bullseye are becoming so elevated as core as core things uh, and it, and the thing that challenged me the most that's related to that is this idea that we're losing the center didn't challenge me so much individually because I feel like I'm a person who tries to find peace and tries to find common ground like that's just been a value for a long time but what scares me the most about our country and about uh, the uh, representation of Christ through his church is this we're losing the center we're losing the capacity as individuals to have meaningful conversations to seek out people who think differently than we do the the rise of the echo chamber and the and the and the, uh, the 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 diminishing reality of the town hall where you can have meaningful uh, conversations about uh, among people that disagree with themselves, that's what scares me the most. I don't know if it's word challenges, uh, but scares. Yeah. It was in the leaders made that we're going through right now. Hmm. Uh, some of the conversation that came up recently was about how uh, there's a lot of grown men mm-hmm. that don't know how to have a healthy conflict. They don't know how to have a conversation that's around a healthy conflict. And so when we're talking about things that are... Uh, centered around diversity where you have extremes or you have a gap between these two ideas, there's going to be conflict or there's a chance for conflict. Yeah. In fact, if, do you mind me just kind of exposing you a little bit here? <laughs> well, I don't, uh, I don't know about exposing no. <laughs> me, but <laughs> what do you got? What's uh, up your sleeve? Well, um, first of all, let me just say, for those that don't know, uh, there's gender-specific groups. There's mixed groups. We'd, Disciples Made isn't just men, so he said it's a group of men. It's because I tend to do gender-specific groups. I My passion is to develop uh, men. So our particular Leaders Made has only men in it, so he said that. Um uh, my wife is actually in a leaders made with just women. So I just want to make sure that everybody recognizes this is not a, a guy's only thing. But in our group, um, one of the things you told me the other day was how uncomfortable you get just because of personal background yeah. when uh, in our group, because our, our group, the guys in our group, it's me plus 12 guys. They're all profoundly humble and profoundly you know, high capacity people like leaders in the army, leaders in, in marketplace and uh, th- different things like that. Uh, and I try to create space for differences of opinion to be explored because I really do think wisdom comes from a multitude of counselors. We've got a multitude of opinions coming from people who are counselors. You bring that to the table and everybody learns more by the dialogue. But that dialogue in and itself is comfortable. And you said it was comfortable. Can you, yeah. do you mind sharing some of the the things that predispose you for that to be something that's difficult more than something you'd want to embrace? Yeah, I, I just, I generally have a pattern of wanting to avoid and, and run from conflict. And when I see it rising up, um, you know, I, I kind of hide. <laughs> I take shelter. Specifically, in the last few weeks, we had been going through a book on theology in our leaders made experience and with that you can have some really um, I was gonna say really extreme opinions but you can have uh, things that you stand on that that you won't budge on and that can be on extremes or on opposite ends of of the spectrum and so there were a few times during the group that 
you could see some tension. <laughs> you could see some guys and their facial expressions start to kind of you know, bite their lip or, or sway a little bit. But the reality was, as we began to talk, when, when we have Jesus at the center and, and his mission, what we're invited to as Christ followers, there's so much of that stuff that can go to the wayside. Mm. And that, even though I started to sense some, some challenges and some things that were going to make me uncomfortable, being able to watch it play out, that was really encouraging to see. I love that. Mitch, what are you thinking? Yeah, I think this is tricky. Um, and I mean, it goes back to people versus organizations, right? And there's like this really specific nuance that happens in me where I can have a conversation with an individual, um, pretty good at finding common ground, uh, you know, pretty good at identifying the areas where we disagree, but still have a great relationship with that part person almost regardless. Um, but sometimes that's more challenging when you're in an organization because a lot of times organizations deal with ideologies or theologies or principles and things like that. And then it becomes this higher level intellectual thing. Um, and because of that focus on ideas, it's, it's a lot easier and trickier to be, to get to a place of division. And it's almost like we're just talking to ourselves, right? And the more energy that we spend towards talking about stuff like this, the less energy we have to give to other people and talk about or the problems our neighbors have, <laughs> right? Or the mission, like, how about the this stuff that actually matters? <laughs> so I'm, I'm kind of conflicted on this topic, to be honest. Yeah, we, we draw these distinctions up and then they become the gate through which people have to pass in order to have fellowship. Yeah. So yeah. by nature, they are uh, discriminatory in some ways. I know I use that term pretty loosely. Uh, there was very little about this conversation for me personally that was challenging. I found myself, instead of being, feeling like, ooh, there's a gut punch to me, or ooh, there's a gut punch to me, it's like, no, it just fired me up. Um. It, this is something that I that I found to be much more encouraging uh, than challenging because we do have a history of uh, a number of different things. We bring different authors. Like our our experiences use other people's books, not ours. And I and I put the mixture of books in there uh, so that that I, in a way that actually that creates uh, different opinions and fosters conversations that brings people to middle. Yeah. Like this is a part of the DNA of who we are. Um, you guys can't see it, but as Brian was saying that, I started to smile pretty big. A few weeks back, there was <laughs> there was a moment where I was asked to speak first in the group and answer one of the questions. And that particular question, it was something to me that just it made absolute sense and it wasn't like it wasn't arguable. It was I thought I was completely right and there wasn't going to be any opposition and i was quickly made a fool as a couple other guys <laughs> kelly, yeah. kelly came right back up so I, I just don't agree with that at all <laughs> i didn't i didn't even see it coming like i was that blind to it 
And you're a smart guy. You're, I mean, you're a, a well thought through and read individual. The beauty, like I said earlier, is when you create space for people to have the confidence to actually speak up like that. Yep. Everybody on that call won. So, so in that moment, though, it was like, ouch, that hurt. Sure. That hurt the ego. <laughs> the that makes but sense. But the next week, I was really excited to re-engage and see basically what would come of that. And then Kirby, or uh, Kelly in particular, it's like I was more in tune and I felt a deeper connection with him mm -hmm. um, just through that experience. And so, we're talking about unity and mission. Exactly. Becoming greater than theological opposition or we started with diversity uh but we've all we've we've kind of changed our language going through us and diversity is actually a beautiful thing uh it's uh, it's the opposition it's it's choosing to drop the polarization of it and, and move towards center but you were you didn't look like you were quite done what what did you have to wrap that up oh i was gonna say basically it, it felt uncomfortable on the front end mm. but ultimately i felt as though it created more unity within the group so yeah, that was a really sense. neat experience all right mitch you had to you paused it sounded like you had like a second thing but you weren't ready to just shift into it do you have one yeah no. i think the second thing uh it really comes down to what do we as disciples made do about it mm -hmm. right because that's we can talk all day but if we if we can't learn and take action then it's ultimately not fruitful and the thing that really came to mind for me is that that we should focus on what we are for and less on what we are against man that's good that was a mic drop moment right there Podcast i'm not gonna over. drop this mic i mean <laughs> that's a pretty expensive mic i wouldn't drop it uh, we could do we could get more expensive that's for sure yeah. but uh but yeah, and it's interesting when I was taking notes. I like listening to these podcasts when I'm on the treadmill, and then I take uh, notes on my phone uh, about it. And one of the things I remembered, particularly that uh, fits in, Mitch, with what you just said, is let's focus on what we're for. You know how just about every organization has to have a statement of faith, particularly, I mean, a Christian organization. And that was part of the bylaws that were required. Like, what is your statement of faith? So I had to put it together, and I remember looking at other statements of faith and some of them were very high level most of them got pretty nuanced on things like the end times or mode of baptism and some of those things and i remember going through and i'm thinking what are we going to talk what what are the things that are going to be in this and we've got scripture and and god but it's all more about their role in the mission i mean mm -hmm. disciples made as a mission organization uh, we're not a particular church or religion. We're a mission organization that helps men and women of all stripes uh, figure it out. So even when we talk about men and women and salvation, we don't go to eschatology. We don't go to Christology. We don't. We talk about Jesus' kingdom. I mean, I'm pulling these up on the computer right now. Uh, Jesus' kingdom. He's the king. Uh, uh, he's the king of all creation. Uh, how do we help? people come under his reign and we got a thing on disciple making here we've actually got an element on cooperation in our statement of faith uh we talk about uh and the family so we have chosen intentionally in our bylaws to not bring up things that are unclear in scripture you know we talk about the things that are clear and we focus on the things that are pertinent to the mission because we are a mission uh, organizations. Does this bring up anything for y'all? 
It does. And in the podcast, one of the things that jumped out to me was when Dan, he shared the story of he moved to Kansas City and one of the people that he befriended, he was the priest of, of the local um, Catholic church. Mm-hmm. And he, he painted this picture that there were things theologically that they would disagree on. But he loved the guy because he talked about Jesus. Yeah. And so there was so much um, that they were able to do together. And, and Dan, would he, he talked as though he'd refer people that, that had a Catholic background and make those connections. And what I heard in that from Dan was a level of confidence that I hunger for that. I mm. hunger for a conviction of I know, I know where, where my domain is and I know where another person's domain is and I know the things that we can work together on but also having a confidence of, I know the things that we may not be able to work together on. So I, I really enjoyed the way that Dan spoke into that. You just uh, uncorked a really cool potential conversation here. And it's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it again, but in words I would use uh, differently, it's going to sound different, but I don't think it is. I hope it's not anyway. The stronger we are rooted in our identity and Christ and the certainties that come with it, the less threatened we are, and therefore the higher capacity that we have to entertain different ideas and grow from them. Yeah. That, that's what I heard from Dan. Yeah, well, that's what you, it's what you heard in Dan. Yeah. <laughs> Just the way he articulated it, he's, he's, so, he's so centered in that. There's a lot of strength in that. And I'm wondering how many people are listening to this right now are going, yeah, I kind of want... I want, a, I want a piece of that, too. There was a really clean, concise way that I heard it recently, and, and this goes back to our, L, our LM, but one of the guys said, you know, I, I won't negotiate on the truth, but I'll negotiate where I'm willing to meet somebody at. And, oh, and that's what, good, yeah. What I heard in that was, hey, I'm, I'm clear in my convictions, but I know there's going to be times that for me to love on someone, I'm going to need to open up that funnel a little bit. In in terms of being missional and reaching people who don't yet know God, that was beautiful to hear and, and extremely applicable. Mm-hmm. I agree. One of the things, that, I'm going to unpack a couple more things that Dan said. Uh, one of them was he's tired of secondary passions getting primary attention or something along those lines. Um, and he said... Essentially, if you're not real engaged in the primary passions, passion will come for. Mm. And if it's not a primary thing, it'll become a secondary or tertiary thing. And so get your primary passions right. And again, that's one of the things that I think Disciples Made offers to the world is an opportunity to take the primary issue, helping everyone develop dependence on Jesus through the Holy Spirit and develop two very identifiable and measurable and beneficial goals, character and calling. Like you're focused on that, everything else is tertiary. Uh, when will Jesus come back? And I don't, I don't know. <laughs> is that uh, is that pre-mail, post-mail, all-mail? All I know is I get to obey Jesus today and, you know, and join, join him in his mission. Uh, now, of course... You know, is Jesus real? Was he? Was he? Is he really the Son of God? Well, that's pretty important because if he didn't rise from the dead, he's or if not the Son of God, he probably didn't rise from the dead. If he didn't rise from the dead, he's not talking to me. If he's not talking to me, I'm making all this stuff up in my head. So that's kind of center of the bullseye. But some of those other things aren't. And uh, I think as more and more people over time 
take the primary concerns and make them their primary passion, mm. the other stuff uh, starts to fade. And, and it, <laughs> here's another thought, that forces everybody to come to the center because we need everybody else. And the best practices and the wisdom. I love getting people in the room that don't think the way that I do because they can only make my thinking better. <laughs> they can only make my thinking better. Like, what do I have to be afraid of? They're going to tell me something that completely breaks everything I thought I knew about God? Yeah, where's your identity? Is it in your theology <laughs> or is it in Jesus? <laughs> it's it's in. Yeah. It's, yeah. So, that, I mean, when, you're, when you were talking, it reminds me, and I'm a little nervous to say this. Um, so I like to talk in analogies, and an analogy I use commonly is a one about grass and the reason I'm nervous is because I'm sitting here across from a dude that owns a landscaping business so I hope that what I'm going to say is accurate um, but the best way to prevent weeds is to have a healthy lawn that is is that true please that, tell me it's true that is probably all over our website okay, like I've written that phrase countless times yeah yeah y'all had a moment right there there we go we did that's it made beautiful it, eyes locked <laughs> Is that what you mean by unity of mission? Did we just experience that? Uh, maybe so. That's awesome. So That's good. If, so if, you're, if your backyard's barren because you're not spending time with Jesus and your identity and your love is not in Jesus, there's all sorts of opportunity for all these other things to pop up. Are you sure you're not a landscaper? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> that's why he that's why he bought a house with a pool in the back so there'd be no grass yeah. yep. to tend to I love it alright a couple more things uh, I'm going to start with kind of the more crass one and then end with one that I think is one of the most brilliant things I've ever heard Dan say uh, Dan said he grew up in a church that was that was high on damn Low on fundamental, fundamental. They're low on fun, high on damn, and not all too mental, I think is what he said. You remember that part? I I do, yeah. Yeah. I've heard him say that forever, and it's always bugged me because I'm like, people are going to hear that word, and it's a biblical word. Uh, Anyway, that's not the point of this. What I thought was, when he said that, it was probably the 80 billionth time I've heard him say it, because I've known him for 20 years, so that's a lot of times a day, but... um, you must dream about him a lot. Uh, I guess so. <laughs> Constantly in your thoughts. I know a few people that have had as much of a positive impact on my life as Dan Sutherland. But I that thought, was... what if, what if we really did kind of have some strategic way to do the opposite? We're going to intentionally be high on fun. We're going to be high on bringing our best mental game to this. And we're going to be low on damn. I mean, for the first yeah. time, I didn't hear it just as this cliche thing that he says all the time. Uh, the joke, a, a joking way to introduce a non-joking idea is yeah. what, he, what he does masterfully. But I thought, what if we flipped it? What if we flipped it? What if we brought our best cognitive game? We, we, we went high on fun and intentionally stayed low on damn. Something that comes to mind is... Got into running a few years back and running, you know, different neighborhoods. And, and there's conversations that I, I think about as I'm going with, with different people. And I'm out here recently and I, I go by the house of somebody that we used to be on mission together. And this is a person that I haven't spoke to for about a year or so. And in my heart, as I, as I go by, I, I, I think, man, I miss them. 
Hmm. And then a couple steps later, it's, I love them. And I'd love to be able to say that hmm. to them. Hmm. But this is somebody where that, that, that damning component, that, that creeped into the relationship. Hmm. And, and it became unhealthy. But man, I'd love to see that relationship restored and being, being high on fun again. Yeah. That would be beautiful. I hunger for that. Yeah, we like shenanigans here. And shenanigans are a way of inspiring that. And, it's, and uh, squelching weeds before they grow, to go back to that uh, thing. So last thing Dan said. Anything y'all want to say before I go to this last thing Dan said? Anything else like challenged us or, or things we think we ought to do differently? Did I just say something really funny? Because you're, you're trying not to laugh and you can't so, think. Yeah, so, so <laughs> Mitch made a really good analogy about weeds and grass. And then, Brian, you kind of tried, but it wasn't quite there. Okay, well, you know, can't win them all. Somebody give me some chocolate. <laughs> All right, so you don't have anything meaningful to say? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> to, oh, to that? Uh, no. I did have something that I wanted to encourage you on. Okay. So as you guys allowed me to, to kind of have a seat on the couch and start having conversations with you, um, on the front end, I didn't, I didn't see this. I didn't notice this. But as Sherry has been around and, and some of the other women that I've met through DM, one of the things, Brian, that I think DM does really well is allows four women to be a part oh, of yeah. these experiences. And this Disciple Maker Pathway, we've been running it through what we're calling Alpha. We have a group of people that we're testing it out with. And the mix of, of men and women in the conversation that has been something that has just been extremely encouraging. Hmm. I think it represents the church wonderfully. And to see folks come alive, man, woman, whatever, that is cool. So as I listen to the podcast and, and Carrie's on here, oh, I yeah. get excited about that. Yeah. So good work. Yeah, she's solid. I love it. It's good stuff. All right. Uh, before kind of saying where we're going next week, use this thing. I remember uh, our church that I was in with Dan and Rob Wagner and Brian Johnson, who've uh, traditionally been a part of this podcast when we were all in a church serving together. We did this sermon series one time called, you know, Ask Me Anything. And they basically asked a question, something along the lines of, if Jesus was alive today, would he be a, a Democrat or Republican? Yeah, what was the answer? And you could feel, like, as soon as that came out, you could just feel the, all the oxygen in the room get sucked out. And this was way before Trump. Like, this was the, that that whole Trump-Hillary uh, crazy thing. Um, gosh, it's it's been it's been six years at least. Uh, so even then, that oxygen got sucked out of the room even more than <laughs> it would be more so today, because it seems the polarization has leapt. Up forward since then um, and I love it it's almost as if once everything was quiet and you could hear the pin drop you got Dan up there sitting in the chair uh, on the stage and all these people are there and he just looks up puts his puts his uh, hand with little steepled fingers on his chin takes a deep breath 
And then he lets his hands down and he speaks. And he said, pretty sure that Jesus was a conservative when it comes to theology. A moderate in his practice. And was liberal with his love. And I just looked over at Rob Wagner who was sitting next to me and I went, Whoa! <laughs> it's like you can't pigeonhole Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. He refused to be pigeonholed. Not that he just intentionally decided, oh, that's a pigeonhole question. I'm going over here. It's just his nature, his character was anti polarizable. He was so conservative in his theology. He was more conservative than the most conservative Pharisee. He was more rigid to the things that were the most important and fundamental to God than even they were. They had gone and created extra rules. He's like, nope, we're going to bring you back to the only things that matter. Moderate in his practice, did he, did he challenge the status quo of how things were accomplished then? Of course he did. Did he take it all the way to where it was going to go? I mean, now he was pretty moderate in how much... He assumed people could move, so he was gracious. But man, when it came to loving people, like what, what if that was the fractal? Uh, the fractal. That's pretty intense. I like it, actually. Uh, Disciples made, uh, when it comes to, like, what are we going to do in the future? Like, what do we need to change? Um, the one thing I thought is that one day I hope we, we never get forced into a place where we have to define this is center of bullseye, this is medium wrong, this is tertiary wrong, because it just gives people an option to, to choose to, to come or not come based upon some of those things. Yeah. I think being required to do those definitions would be horrible. And so the biggest thing that challenged me in this, in listening to this, is forever refuse to allow those to be the center of the conversation. Make Jesus and his mission the center and protect against untruths that will break us. Not differentiate from those that are common enough to to fit on the bullseye. Last thoughts before we turn this thing off? It's been fun Mitch, having y'all here. Mitch, nothing. 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 <laughs> Man. All right. Well, we are. We have one more of these debrief things, and I think you guys did so great. Maybe we'll invite you back. We'll see uh, how busy Rob and Brian are. Maybe we'll all be on here. Who knows? Uh, but two weeks from now, we'll have the last of the uh, six trends, and it's going to be empowering leadership it needs to become greater than growing in membership. This one's particularly geared uh, toward church leaders. Empowering leadership needs to become greater. Uh, than growing in membership. It's a it's a topic we've brought up in a number of different ways, but this time we have you know Kevin Harris coming back, Shalom Lytics coming back to join us in this one. Carrie will be there again, Rob Wegner and myself. See you next time on the Disciples Made podcast. Actually, we won't see you, will we? Because it's not video. That's right. Maybe yeah. one day. Was I guess that a grass analogy. I, I what is it? <laughs> we won't see you or hear you. But all right. All right. See you guys. Time to make like a tree and leaf. And leaf. <laughs> oh. ah.